Welcome to our Monday episode of Make and Multiply. We call these Hear and Obey because we are in the Word, talking through the text of Scripture that we just preached on Sunday. My name is Ryan Chase, one of the pastors at Emmaus Road Church, joined today by Mark Christensen. Mark, thanks for taking time every week like this to sit down and talk through this text. Uh, We are in Exodus 15, the Song of Moses, and I will read through this and then look forward to hearing how God's speaking to you through this word. And um, that's the aim of these conversations, to be hearers and doers of the word. So uh, our, our view really is to apply what the word means. So we want to understand what it means, be affected and transformed by that yeah. meaning. So Exodus 15, starting in verse 1, Then Moses and the people of Israel sang this song to the Lord, saying, I will sing to the Lord, for he has triumphed gloriously. The horse and his rider he has thrown into the sea. The Lord is my strength and my song, and he has become my salvation. This is my God, and I will praise him. My Father's God, and I will exalt him. The Lord is a man of war. The Lord is his name. Pharaoh's chariots and his host he cast into the sea, and his chosen officers were sunk in the Red Sea. The floods covered them. They went down into the depths like a stone. Your right hand, O Lord, glorious in power. Your right hand, O Lord, shatters the enemy. In the greatness of your majesty, you overthrow your adversaries. You send out your fury. It consumes them like stubble. At the blast of your nostrils, the waters piled up. The floods stood up in a heap. The deeps congealed in the heart of the sea. The enemy said, I will pursue. I will overtake. I will divide the spoil. My desire shall have its fill of them. I will draw my sword. My hand shall destroy them. You blew with your wind. The sea covered them. They sank like lead in the mighty waters. Who is like you, O Lord, among the gods? Who is like you, majestic in holiness, awesome in glorious deeds, doing wonders? You stretched out your right hand. The earth swallowed them. You have led in your steadfast love the people whom you have redeemed. You have guided them by your strength to your holy abode. The peoples have heard. They tremble. Pangs have seized the inhabitants of Philistia. Now are the chiefs of Edom dismayed. Trembling seizes the leaders of Moab. All the inhabitants of Canaan have melted away. Terror and dread fall upon them. Because of the greatness of your arm, they are still as a stone, till your people, O Lord, pass by, till the people pass by whom you have purchased. You will bring them in and plant them on your own mountain, the place, O Lord, which you have made for your abode, the sanctuary, O Lord, which your hands have established. The Lord will reign forever and ever. For when the horses of Pharaoh with his chariots and his horsemen went into the sea, the Lord brought back the waters of the sea upon them. But the people of Israel walked on dry ground in the midst of the sea. Then Miriam the prophetess, the sister of Aaron, took a tambourine in her hand, and all the women went out after her with tambourines and dancing. And Miriam sang to them, Sing to the Lord, for he has triumphed gloriously. The horse and his rider he has thrown into the sea. Amen. Thank you, God, for your word. May we be sanctified by your word in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Yeah, Greg uh, mentioned this when he preached chapter 14 that uh, he just acknowledged up front. You have all of 14 narrating the Red Sea crossing, and then you essentially have it repeated again, but poetically or in in song in in chapter 15. We've made this comment a lot on this podcast when we sit down. um, Part of understanding the meaning of a text is observing some of those structural things, Mm -hmm. not just the individual words in a verse, but 
overall, yeah. what is the author doing here and, and why would the author put so much attention and time and, and, and tell it once in narrative form and once in song form? Yeah. And you know, what, what is that? That communicates something to us in addition to what's said. It communicates something and it should lead us to feel something too. Yeah. Um, not just words, but structure as well. And so here we see in uh, Exodus 15, it's another um, circle. You know, yep. it kind of goes through the same. Uh, the people are in trouble. The Lord saves them, delivers them, mm-hmm. and it ends in the people praising him. Mm-hmm. So I think of like, I think it was the end of Exodus 4, one example. Mm-hmm. You have that same circle. Yep. And so, but here we get a little extended um, view of the people praising God. Mm-hmm. And why would that be here at this moment? Well, this is the moment. This is the point that all of uh, scripture points back to mm-hmm. before the cross saying, this is how the Lord saves his people. Yeah. Yeah. When I sat down to study this text and, and, um, preach it, you know, that one of the thoughts going through my mind, this is certainly not the only song mm-hmm. in scripture. Um, there are a couple other noticeable or, or noteworthy places where, um, there are songs written right after a major victory, um, the deliverance that God has given to his people. Um, the whole book of Psalms is full of stuff meant to be sung. So there's a lot of talk of, of instruments there. Um, but what struck me here is just that because you have a song right after the narration of the event, mm-hmm. putting those two things so close together and repeating the idea um, really emphasizes to us the rightness the the appropriateness of responding to the lord Hmm. in song um which is kind of you know that's not explicitly stated here other than um in verse one i will sing to the lord and then miriam sings sing to the lord so it's stated that they're singing and part of the song is about singing i will sing to the lord um but just the fact that you have a song in response to what god did Hmm. uh, it's one of those um changes of pace in the narrative it just all comes to a halt we're just going to pause here Hmm. and linger on what it was that they sang to the lord the fact that they sang to the lord that that stood out to me that um singing is an appropriate response and i i say an appropriate response and not the appropriate response because there are Right. other appropriate responses to yeah. God, trusting him, obeying him, yeah. um, those things. But, but song is certainly fitting. Mm-hmm. It, it's right for us to sing for men and women. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I think a big thing that you notice when you read songs like this songs in the Psalms, um, they're not so me focused and mm. what I feel focused, mm. you know, I feel happy. I feel, um, joyful, yeah. but rather it's talking about what God has done. Um, mm. and so it's appropriate for everyone to sing what the Lord's done. But, um, I think we should, we should see that, uh, um, you know, the people, this was a, this was a battle that was won. Mm-hmm. Um, this is an army of people, you know, had just been delivered. And so they sing. Yeah. So it's appropriate, no matter who you are, sing when the Lord does, um, yep. wonders, you know, in your life. Yeah, no, that's a great point. Um, I, I ended up not making this point explicitly in the sermon, but certainly thought about it beforehand that sometimes uh, people raise 
objections to singing like well I'm, I'm not very musical or mm. I'm not very expressive and typically in that area you hear people give their own um, ethnicity as like an excuse you know I'm I'm Norwegian or mm. I'm German or I'm Dutch or you know sure. as though like and we're just not very expressive mm. as though it's a, a cultural thing um, but what's fascinating to me is there is not a known culture on earth that doesn't have music and song mm-hmm. in all of human history. Nobody has ever encountered um, ancient history in, in writings, re- anything recorded, known sociology. Nobody's ever heard of a culture that didn't have music and song. It's just a human way of expressing mm. a whole range of emotions. Um, and everybody does get excited about something. You know, you can go to a Minnesota Vikings football game and find a lot of Scandinavians very excited and expressive. Sometimes. <laughs> Sometimes, yeah, yeah. <laughs> depending on the season. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, we can't just write it off to, well, my culture doesn't do that. Or, no, we, we all get excited about the things we love the most and we express that excitement mm-hmm. in certain ways. And song is certainly one of those universal expressions of, of that. Yeah. And then just to like the content of our songs um, yes. that we're singing. Are we singing about things that are true, things that the Lord has done, yeah. or are we just simply singing about um, really nothing? We're just kind right. of hollow words. Mm-hmm. Um, but we have something to root our praise and our joy in, mm-hmm. um, things that the Lord has actually done. And so um, you had brought that out, and I think it was your third point mm-hmm. yesterday, just pointing out like, you know, hear the realities in the past, but hear the realities in the future too yeah. that we know are going to happen. So let's sing about them. Mm-hmm. Um, let's actually give people content, um, food, you know, to feel their joy. Yeah. Yeah. Last week when I was uh, spending time in this text, first step in the process, um, as you're familiar with, you sit down, you, you read the text and then you read it again and read it again. And first few times reading through it and looking for, all right, is there any noticeable structure to this song? Are there hmm. obvious themes and repetitions and you know verses that kind of go together because they cover similar topics? And first reading, I was kind of like, I can't uh, find anything. <laughs> uh, and so read it again. And, and, and then when I noticed that, well, verse 13 through 18, there's a, a shift from the Red Sea to the promised land. Everything hmm. in 13 through 18 is talking about God leading his people into his holy abode, to his own mountain, to his sanctuary, to the place that he has made mm. um, and established by his hand. That, that's a, a a clear shift in in theme and striking when you think about the people standing on the sea shore there at the Red Sea, um, singing about that future. And, and just something I consciously noticed in the songs that we sing, I mentioned this yesterday, that um, most of the songs we sing have a, a final verse that's about our future yeah. and, and just reflecting, meditating on w- what does that do for our souls to sing about that reality? That's not here yet. You know, it's one of those already not yet mm-hmm. things. We already have eternal life, but we haven't yet um, entered into the, that fullness, glorified yeah. state, the fullness of that. But man, it, it has an effect on us, doesn't it? I mean, just, just to sing about it, to rehearse, even when our faith is weak to sing, Mm -hmm. This is our future. This is what God has promised to us. This is the inheritance that Christ purchased for us with his blood. 
um, I, I think that's one of the most amazing things to me that we have access to a foretaste of that joy just mm-hmm. by anticipating what is to come. So, and we can relate to that on a human level with other things, you know, the, the anticipation of a vacation um, has its own kind of joy. It's, it's, it's different than the joy of finally arriving mm-hmm. at your destination, but you look forward with joy to where you're going. Um, and, and, and that's the joy that we have. I, I don't know. That's just a profound thought to me this last week that every Sunday is so significant because that's one of the things we do every week on the Lord's days. We sing about our future together, yeah. what God is going to do. Yeah. And doing it every week, that repetition, that consistency is needed. Mm-hmm. As we'll see, you know, going on in Exodus here, the people forget they're not continuing to sing this song. Yeah. Um, and so that's why we sing yes. it multiple times every Sunday, every week, sometimes yes. in a missional community gathering. Um, we need to be reminded of what the Lord has done, mm-hmm. what he's currently doing, what he's going to do for us in the future. Yeah. That's one of those things that um, I wonder, should I have included that? point somewhere in the sermon because um this the sober reality that these people standing here n- none of them entered the promised land not right. even moses right um caleb and joshua were the the only two from this generation that would mm-hmm. enter the promised land but here they are all singing those words so what happens down the road and the book of hebrews fills some of that in for us it talks about um good news was preached to them, but it did not benefit them because they were not united by faith with those who heard mm-hmm. the message. So, um, it's just, it is a sobering reminder to me. We need to rehearse these things again and again, because look at the example of those who walked through the Red Sea, sang lyrics like this, and then didn't actually believe and trust yeah. the Lord and instead grumbled against God and, and, uh, missed that that promised blessing it just may that not be true of us may may we trust the lord and continue to to walk in faith it was several million people that forgot yeah um what the lord had just done for them they stood there at this Mm -hmm. you know at the edge of the red sea they saw what the lord did covering the egyptians with the water Mm -hmm. and they forgot Mm -hmm. um so yeah let us not let's continue to remind one another yeah um yeah i had that thought how good it would have been for their souls if they kept singing this yeah. song. Yep. Keep singing about it. And if anybody says, yeah, why are we still singing about that? We've heard that. We know that, which sometimes we're tempted to think when we rehearse the truth of the gospel, we, we know Jesus died on the cross for our sins. <laughs> it can become yeah. dull, commonplace, um, but we need to hear it again. And we need to pay attention to the, the condition of our hearts as we hear mm. it and sing it so that it doesn't become, yeah, our hearts don't become dull to that news. Yeah, something we've been enjoying in our MC currently is um, sharing our stories again. Mm. We have a lot of new people, but mm-hmm. um, even hearing the stories that I've heard before, hearing how God has saved someone or preserved yeah, someone, good. Um, we always end with the doxology and mm-hmm. it just feels fitting to to praise God for what he's done and mm. you know those people's lives That's that awesome. are sharing. and. Um, so that's just one way that we've tried to implement not forgetting. Yeah, um, that's good. With one another. Yeah. Anything else that stands out to you in in this text? I mean, there, there's there are specifics here about who God is mm. and wh- what He did. I'd love to hear anything striking to you. Yeah, I think one thing, um, and you had brought this up in your sermon, but 
maybe just tee you up here with a question. Isn't it wrong to sing about God's wrath mm. against his enemies? <laughs> Isn't that hateful? Yeah. Well, since it's an attribute of God and God is perfect in his goodness, it, it, it's, um, it's good. And, and it helps to understand all of God's attributes um, inform all the other ones. So, you know, we can't just, we can't cut God up into pieces like this is the wrathful part of God and over here is the, the loving piece of God. And, and isn't it nice for us that the, the loving piece of the pie is bigger than the wrathful piece? Overrides, yeah. Yeah. So it's, it's, it don't think of God that way, like right. divided up into fractions and, and he's, you know, this percentage wrath and this percentage love and this percentage holiness rather all the attributes of God are completely true of God and inform all the other ones. So Mm -hmm. God's um, holiness and righteousness is loving and wise. His wrath is wise and good and true and right. And, and, and it's loving also. So that, that can be hard to see because we typically think of, um, you know, the, the object of God's wrath, the one who's on the receiving end of that. Mm -hmm. But, God pours out his wrath against sin. He hates sin and he opposes evil because evil is against God, dishonors God. So it's, it's right and good for God to oppose that. And it's, it is an act of his love to his people that God puts an end to evil. Easiest examples. If an intruder breaks into a home, if the father of the home loves his family, an expression of his love for his family is going to be his you know, fierce opposition to that danger that comes into his home. Mm-hmm. That, that is an expression of his love for his family to stop that. And you could even argue an expression of love to the, the offender, the, the, the one breaking in. Right. Love yep. says, stop. Y- yep. You will not go any further for your sake and for the sake of everybody in this home. That's not good for you either. So I'm going to mm-hmm. put an end to that. Um, so, yes, God's wrath is... It's one of his attributes. And it is interesting. There's a commentator who makes that point. You know, obviously different people have different opinions on this. And there's some who would say, well, um, you know, we, we, when Moses sings about the destruction of the Egyptians, we, we, um, we shouldn't delight in that. Hmm. But when you read it, clearly Moses is not just singing about the fact that they crossed the Red Sea. He's singing about the fact that God <laughs> crushed Pharaoh. Yeah. And, and he sings about pharaoh's exalted pride in in verse nine that's an incredible verse right there where you've got this repetition pharaoh's pride i will pursue i will overtake i will divide Mm. my desire shall have its fill i will draw my sword my hand shall destroy them and then verse 10 it's almost it reminds me of um it's pretty matter of fact yeah yeah so pharaoh's pride can't miss it and then the response from god in verse 10 moses just sings you blew with your wind, the sea covered them, they sank like lead. <laughs> you know, here's, here's Pharaoh just boisterous in his arrogance and pride, making a big show of it, and God just blows on him, and that's the end. It, mm-hmm. it's, just, it's just over like that. Um, kind of reminds me, I think there's an Indiana Jones where you know this guy steps out, he's big, got all these swords, and he's twirling it, doing this fancy stuff, and mm-hmm. Indiana Jones just waits for him to finish pulls out his gun and shoots him. <laughs> it's just over. Yeah. It's very anticlimactic. Mm-hmm. Like, <laughs> so that, that's, that's Pharaoh making a big show of it and then sinking like lead. Yeah. So, well, I mean, that, that's our sin. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, trying to build this, 
this tower to make a name for ourselves, mm-hmm. you know, this big production. And then God just looks down and scatters the people. Genesis 11 or yeah. looks down here and just blew with Blows. his wind, covers the people with water, <laughs> yeah. um, you know, brings them to nothing mm-hmm. in an instant. And so um, I think that just goes to show the, I mean, one, the, obviously the wrath of God, but two, the patience of God Yeah, that, you know, he doesn't just smite us, mm-hmm. you know, as soon as a sinful thought comes into our head. Yeah. Um, but the fact that, that he does um, not neglect our sin either. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And it's a comfort when you, a helpful way to think about it is to consider the opposite. What would that be like if God delighted in sin or if he was indifferent to sin? if he didn't care about it, Mm -hmm. if he looked on all of the evil in the world and shrugged his shoulders and said, I don't know, it doesn't bother me. What's everybody so upset about? I mean, isn't one of the biggest arguments and objections against God, the fact that there's evil and suffering in the world. And the question is, well, how could God be good if he lets this happen? Well, what do we want God to do? We we want God to put an end to it, stop it, you know, do something about Mm -hmm. all of the injustice and all of the oppression and all of the, the crime and, do something about it. Well, what does it look like to do something about it? Looks like putting an end to it, stopping mm-hmm. it, judging it justly and fairly, condemning it, giving it what it deserves. And so when God does that, it's interesting that sometimes from the very same people, you have the same ob- objection. You know, on the one hand, how could there be a good God if there's all this evil? And then here's God's wrath poured out against evil to stop it. And people say, well, how? How could that be fair? Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, which, which way do you want it? Do you want God to do something about the evil in the world or not? And it's it's a good thing. It, it's it's a great and good thing that God hates evil and is committed to justly and appropriately. And, and that's an important distinction. It, it's it, His wrath is informed by His justice, yep. so it's fitting. He's not flying off the handle. Right. He's not pouring out some it's excessive. Not over the top. Yeah, he's not blowing up in rage. That's disproportionate to the evil he, he gives what people what they deserve what's mm-hmm. fitting what fits the crime yeah so i mean here you have the people who just were saved tremendously they had walls of water mm. you know closing in um they were cornered mm-hmm. and so now they're able to stand there and sing and thank god for not only saving them yeah. but um saving them from a wicked mm-hmm. evil people um yep that's right and they're going to continue into a wilderness where they're not out in the clear yet. Yeah. Um, there's going to be troubles and dangers and yeah. temptations yet in front of them. Yep. And their own sin will be exposed. Right. Yeah. And God deals with them with incredible patience. Yeah. It's a, it, it's a remarkable song. And, and I, I love how it's full of, on the one hand, very specific things to that particular situation. Uh, in particular, the destruction of Pharaoh and his chariots and his army and his horsemen in the Red Sea. Lots of those specific details celebrated here. But then you have the big, broad, universal truths about God celebrated as well. God's power, his majesty, his holiness. Um, Those are things, I think that's so significant because that's who God always is. And it's revealed here at the Red Sea, but that's who he is for us. So Mm -hmm. so we can know today, whatever situation we're facing, he is that same God. He is majestic in holiness. He is um, 
unique, one of a kind. Nobody is like him. He's unrivaled. He's, his arm is powerful, mighty to save. Um, he, he triumphs gloriously. So just knowing that's our God and, and being reminded through this song, um, that, that's what we most need to remember when we're, as the people are about to be, uh, wandering in the wilderness, when, when we're in the desert place, when we're facing uh, uncomfortable situations. That, that's the warning that's coming. Watch out when you forget who God is because you will sin against him and grumble against him. So hold on to that. Yeah. It's a powerful reminder to me. I suppose looking forward then, um, just how, does, how do we apply this text? Mm-hmm. How do we um, seek to let this text have um, get work done in our lives mm-hmm. this week? And kind of what it left me with yesterday is um, – just the thought of when I'm, we talked, I think it was a couple of weeks ago, just am I daily meditating mm-hmm. upon the saving mercies of God? Mm-hmm. You know, is, am I able to do that with my discipleship huddle every week with my missional community? Mm-hmm. Um, does that lead me to joy though? Mm-hmm. You know, am I just dwelling on it and then it's like, all right, here we go. And just like pivot quick. Mm-hmm. Or does that, you know, turn me, does my reading, does my thinking about God, mm-hmm. does my meditating upon his word actually lead me to doxology, yeah. to joy, to some kind of response, or is it just thinking and meditating mm-hmm. without any um, application or something yeah. coming out the yeah, other the expression. Yeah. yeah, the expression of that in song. Yeah, that's right. And, and I think um, the fact that we gather weekly to sing is helpful because again it takes it out of the realm of well i will sing when i feel like it or when it just spontaneously comes up Mm -hmm. but having it on our calendars we have time set aside every week together and corporately sing to the lord you know it's it's singing corporately in our worship gatherings is not just a it's not a time filler it's not just well some of us kind of like that so we we keep that element in the service no that this is this has always been um the way that the people of God express to God our approval of who he is and what yes. he's done and what he's promised to do. And it's one way that we rehearse that and proclaim it to each other. And it's mm-hmm. one way that God means to strengthen our faith in who he is and what he's done. And um, so, so that's, that's a blessing and, and a reminder to us that we come into that. We may or may not feel like it, but what do you do? You, you don't just flip a switch to change your feelings, you, you direct your mind to think about, right. well, who is God? What has God done for me? What has mm-hmm. he promised to do? And, and it's as we meditate on those things that our hearts really are, are stirred. Yeah. I think that's the hope to me that it's not just, Hey, try to stir up it's some feeling. Yeah. yeah. It's, yeah, it's time to sing. So stir up some feeling and, and, you know, sing it like you mean it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> no, you think about God. That That's really the, the application. Yeah. Think about God and then and then sing it, express it. Yeah. I mean, just thinking about how Caleb, um, he does such a great job leading us every mm-hmm. week and starting with a call to worship. So yeah. we're starting with God's word. So we're thinking about God leading us into our singing. Mm-hmm. Um, there's usually a scripture passage in the middle too that yep. Caleb's giving a reflection on. And so um, those things should fuel our, our joy. Right. Yep. You know, that should be the content that leads us to our response. Yep. And, and music is great. You know, we, we love that, but it is easy to get the cart before the horse and, and be more affected by, well, I really like this song. I don't really care for this song. You know, the, the melody, the, oh, I, I like the weeks when we have drums and when we don't, it's, you know, I, I don't care for that or vice versa, whatever, you know, you right. can get 
so focused on those things and so reliant on those things to give you the feels. Mm. Um, and, and we just want to, like we see modeled for us in scripture and here in Exodus 15, we, we start with God and we end yeah. with God. It's about God. Yeah. Um, but it's not disconnected from us. It, it's, you know, who God is should affect us. We, we should um, respond to God rightly yeah. by faith primarily. Yeah. Yeah. It's encouraging to me um, to meditate on these truths uh, and express joy in God in song, particularly and all the other ways that God has given to us. So, yeah. Yeah. Excellent. Thank you, Mark, for taking time to talk through this. You bet.